It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Hello everybody and welcome to the Real Salt Lake podcast here at the Hive Sports, bringing you all things Real Salt Lake. This week, obviously, no game for Real Salt Lake, but still plenty of things to talk about. We're going to jump all into the nitty gritty. But before we do that, one piece of news and information. Uh, Alex is actually not feeling really well today, and so uh, I'm just going to be taking this episode today solo by myself. So hopefully I can do the best I possibly can to uh, entertain you all maybe a little bit and provide some good insight and some good information as well. Um, make sure to head on over to Twitter and follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. And also follow me at Ethan Kershaw 9 on Twitter, where I've got plenty of updates about all things Real Salt Lake, um, things about the MLS as well, um, and also sports betting if you're into any of that as well. Um, so that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into the episode today. Some really interesting topics and things to look at today. Um, as we talk, I'm filming this tonight, or recording this, I should say, on a uh, on a Saturday night. Um, so obviously, we've had the first two games of the MLS playoffs um, already have scores processed. Um, and so uh, obviously, SKC played their, their game against Vancouver. That was a, a really interesting result. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it was a kind of a clash of two really good teams. Vancouver had been playing fantastic soccer as of late, uh, obviously with the attack of Ryan Gold, Christian Dahomey, and, um, and Brian White. You think that, you know, they're going to put up at least a pretty good fight against SKC. Um, obviously, SKC wasn't at full strength against Real Salt Lake when we beat them at their home last week. And so, um, looking more at full strength in this game, obviously, Alan Polito not playing in this game. But they did have Daniel Salloway and Johnny Russell, and it proved to be enough. Um, SKC ended up getting the 3-1 win against Vancouver and advancing to the next round. Um, so, you know, if Real Salt Lake ends up advancing in their game against Seattle, we may have to play uh, SKC. Um, so that would be a really interesting game, I think, a really fun game. Um, but on the other end, on the east uh, Philadelphia played New York Red Bulls, and that was a really intense game. It was 0-0 all the way through. It got to extra time, and then in, like, I think the 124th minute of extra time, so it was the very last second of the game, literally, um, Jacob Glesnes, the Norwegian defender on uh, Philadelphia, ends up just scoring a, a fantastic volley shot. Um, that guy has been amazing all year for Philadelphia, Obviously has the goal, one of the goal of the year candidates. And um, I think that guy's a fantastic talent. So uh, good for them getting that win in that game. Um, in other news, more related to Real Salt Lake, as we kind of jump back to more Real Salt Lake related news. Um, we had talked last week, Alex and I had talked about David Blitzer Group possibly purchasing the team. This kind of at this point looks like something that is going to be a done deal. Uh, most likely not completed until the offseason for Real Salt Lake, um, which hopefully, hopefully doesn't happen for at least a little bit. But um, when it does happen, it looks like it's inevitable at this point that the Blitzer Group will purchase the team. Um, interesting move. And um, Alex wanted to make sure that uh, we, we talked a little bit in this this episode about you know the possibility of the Royals coming back to Salt Lake and the possibility of 
you know, of, of Salt Lake getting a women's team again. And um, I think that's a really intriguing thing. Um, I'm sure Alex probably has a lot more insight on that than me. But from my point of view, um, obviously today the NWSL championship took place. And um, the game-winning goal was scored by Kelly O'Hara, who, you know, used to be a, a, a Royals player. And um, just just watching that kind of thing makes me, you know, a little sad that Salt Lake doesn't have a women's team at this point. I think that the women's team brought, you know, obviously not as much to the table as the men's team. Um, I, I feel like the men's team, you know, has more popularity, more notoriety around it. But I think that the women's team still had a fantastic fan base here in Salt Lake. And so now that they're gone, it's been a little difficult for, you know, um, I would say younger kids, especially younger girls that had been going to those games, you know, have someone to look up to directly. Um, now that the team is out of Utah, it's it hasn't been as easy, I would say, for the community. Um, not a, a massive blow, I would say, but I, I think it would be a really fun thing to be able to see the Royals back in Salt Lake. So go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think about that, um, you know, really intriguing thing that could possibly happen. Um, so we'll wait and see with that. Like I said, off season, you'll probably hear, hear the ball rolling a little bit more, but until then we shall see. Um, obviously another piece of news that was a really awesome thing to see. Can't remember if we brought it up on the last week's episode or not, but, um, Albert Rusnak had left for international duty with the Slovakia national team last week. And, you know, Slovakia is out of the, the running for the World Cup, unfortunately. So it's really unfortunate for them. But um, I was kind of 50-50 about this opportunity for Albert. I was thinking, you know, it's a little worrisome. Maybe he goes there and plays a lot and gets really tired. Maybe he gets injured. Like, those could be the dangers of this game, especially for um, Real Salt Lake that needs a guy like Rusnak here in this playoff game. Um, then I thought, you know, maybe it could be good for him to get some international minutes and some international play. And boy, was it ever, honestly. Um, they played against Slovakia for Slovakia, or sorry, Slovakia played against Malta for Slovakia's last World Cup qualifier game. And Slovakia ended up winning that game 6-0. to zero. Um, They dominated the whole game. Albert Rusnak actually started this game. And Albert scored the first two goals for Slovakia in the 6th and 16th minute. So after, you know, watching him score just during that game, he just looked like he was happy. He looked like he was having fun with his international mates, um, just getting along really, really well. And uh, part of me wonders, man, Slovakia, if you had started Albert in a couple other games prior, you might not be in this spot where, you know, you're out of the running for the World Cup. I mean, I, okay, I get it. It's, it's Malta. Malta's not a fantastic country uh, of soccer and everything. But, you know... It was a really impressive outing from Albert. Um, nice to see. I mean, I'm not going to say he ever he found his groove or got it back necessarily. I feel like it never left for me personally. But, um, you know, really nice things to see out of Albert and the Slovakia national team. So congrats to them on that win. Unfortunately, doesn't mean a whole lot. Albert just getting some more minutes under his legs for uh, for international duty. Possibly a good thing, maybe not, I don't know, we'll see. But he has had ample time to rest now for the Seattle Sounders game this week. So obviously this is what you've all come here for, all three people of you, and you know, some, we know how some of you guys are. But anyways, um, back to the Seattle preview, going to be a really, I think, exciting game. 
Um, I've got some some tidbits of some some quotes that some of the Real Salt Lake players and um, and Pablo Mastroni have left us this week. Uh, we had a media session on. I want to say it was Tuesday. Tuesday we had a media session, um, and then there will be another media session for players and coach tomorrow. So that's going to be Sunday, middle of the day. So I'd be happy to update you all on some quotes, some things that were said in that, or that will be said in that press conference um, on our our episode for next week, as well as, you know, kind of a a game wrap up for the Seattle game next week as well. Hopefully next week we're talking about a different matchup for Real Salt Lake, but focusing on this matchup for the Sounders, we had a, a chance this week to be able to talk to Aaron Herrera, David Ochoa, and Pablo Mastroni. Um, I really like talking to Aaron Herrera. Um, the guy was tied for fifth in assists this year. And so I kind of asked him, you know, um, how he would sum up his season personally for him this year um, with all those assists that he got. And he said, well, first of all, it takes somebody on the other end of my pass to score. So he gave a lot of credit to his teammates. Um, and then I also said, you know, how do you prepare in a game like this with such magnitude to be able to defend guys like Christian Roldan, Freddie Montero, and Raul Rui Diaz on the Seattle Sounders? And he said, you know, for us, for me especially, defense comes first. And then once we're able to defend, I can go ahead and get forward and get in the attack. It's really nice to see that, you know, he's taking the defense more seriously. He's saying, you know, that needs to come first. That's something you like to hear. Um, Also, he said that I need to make sure to help in the shape. Make sure that the defensive midfielders stay together um, when when they're on the defensive end. And then also helping get forward when they attack. He says, we need to be clean on the ball. And he also said that something we really learned was that no team in this league is unbeatable. But then he also said, we also know that no team in this league is better than when they are playing at home. So we need to give our our all for this game. I totally agree with that quote from Aaron Herrera. It's very difficult as of late for Real Salt Lake, obviously excluding the the Sporting Kansas City game. It's been very hard for Real Salt Lake to win games on the road this year. And so obviously I've been a struggle the whole year. Um, but I think that they had extreme confidence, like a big confidence boost coming out of that SKC game. Going into this game, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. You know, a lot crazier than the SKC game um, because SKC game is just regular season. This is the playoffs. This is Seattle. These guys are going to come to fight. And so we need to bring bring the same kind of intensity. Um, so Aaron Herrera, you know, is going to be an integral part of this team getting a win. Let's hope that they can do that. Um, also, a little bit of, of information leaked from Aaron Herrera on deciding whether he would play for the U.S. men's national team or the Guatemala men's national team. Um, there was actually someone in the post-game presser that had asked him that question, and he his response was, you know, I'm not saying that Guatemala is a B-plan, but I'm definitely all in and getting a chance to play with the UN's, U.S. men's national team right now. So that's something you love to hear. Greg Berhalter, got to give this guy a call ASAP, make sure that this guy is playing on the team because he's a fantastic talent. And if he if we lose out on that opportunity and he goes and plays for Guatemala, um, it could be something that we could end up regretting and stabbing us in the back a little bit. So um, I would love to see Aaron Herrera play for the U.S. men's national team. Um, I really, really hope he gets that opportunity and I hope he gets it soon. So we'll see about that. Um, also, David Ochoa, we had a chance to talk to him as well. I um, kind of asked him about summing up his season. He says confidence is something he's learned that he's gained. He's confident no matter what. He, he told us as well he, he never gets nervous, which is very interesting, especially in a game of this magnitude. He said, I'm not nervous. I'm just confident. I'm ready to go. 
Um, and then I, I also asked him as well, what were some of the things you guys worked on and focused um, with the back line on this week in preparation for Seattle in order to just avoid silly mistakes? Silly mistakes have been something that have plagued this RSL team the entire year. And so he said, you know what? We need to work on our defensive shape. We need to be at our best when we shift as a team. And we also need to make sure that our defensive block is on point. But he said, I'm feeling very confident about our chances in this one. Um, also, information came out from Tom Hackett at KSL that Real Salt Lake has been struggling mightily this entire season with communication issues. Um, communication issues such as players not even speaking the same language and there being a language barrier. Um, I feel like this is a massive issue. It's obviously something that's shown through throughout this season. And so it's something that really worries me in this game. Real Salt Lake throughout this year have shown a tendency to kind of break shape defensively and either commit silly mistakes, allow goals, or both. And so that's something that really worries me about this game. It should be, it should be the team's focus in this one to be able to play a, a good defensive game, especially against a fantastic attack in Seattle. We know that this RSL team can score goals, but we also know that they can let in a lot of goals as well. So that'll be something that'll be really important, something to really look for. Um, also, we had a chance to talk to Pablo, and Pablo, um, you know, he, he's feeling good coming off a, a really good win against SKC. But I asked him, you know, is it possible that you might overthink this game? And he said, I don't know necessarily about overthinking it. You can look at a lot of different aspects, but at the end of the day, we need to focus on what we do best and kind of let go of the things that we aren't able to control. Um, I asked him, too, about, you know, being the underdog in this game. They technically are. And I asked him, you know, does that allow you guys to kind of play with more of a, a free-flowing mentality, a, a nothing-to-lose mentality? And he said, you know what, in the playoffs, you must always be disciplined. He said, you know, the SKC game was a good rehearsal for this team, but we don't fear making a mistake because we need to make reactions to mistakes. So basically he's saying, you know, um, obviously don't want to make mistakes, but mistakes are part of being human. You know, everybody makes mistakes. And so he says, if there is a mistake made in the game, what's more important is our reaction to that and how we react to that mistake. Um, I like it, but I would like to see more emphasis, obviously on focusing on not making a mistake in the first place. Um, Obviously, that'll help the team, but let's hope that they're able to recover from any possible mistakes in this one. Um, he, I also asked him, you know, I talked about the discipline. He said, we don't want to be undisciplined because we kind of have nothing to lose. He says, we want to play free and express ourselves in the attack. And then he says, if that doesn't work, we want to be able to get back on defense. So it looks like the game plan for Pablo Mastroni heading into this game is, um, you know, Wanting to, to get forward, to be themselves, do what they do best. You know, I think it's very likely that we see something similar or a formation similar to the one we saw against SKC just because of the recent success that that formation had against SKC. Um, the, the games where they've utilized that formation, have they have been lower scoring games in general to speak. So I, I think that Demir Krylock up top is going to do his thing forward, you know, being a target man, providing passes. Um, getting headers in the box. And then Albert Rusnak, if, if we're going with the same 4-4-2 sort of formation, he's going to be playing on a left wing or left mid um, spot. Obviously not the preferred spot for Rusnak. Um, I, he plays well there regardless. And so um, I think that it'll be nice for Rusnak, um, allow him to get forward, get crosses into the box, and um, express himself as well on set pieces. 
Um, I'm hoping for Jonathan Menendez to get, get the start at the right mid or the right wing position. If we don't see that, it's very possible we may see Michael Chang back in the starting lineup. Um, you know, it's always possible we see Anderson Julio, but I, I doubt it. Um, Justin Merrim, a possibility as well. Uh, I personally prefer Justin Merrim as a super sub, especially in this game against Seattle. With a veteran presence that can come in late in the game, control it, calm it down, and focus on the task at hand, whether that be finishing out the defense or pushing forward and getting a goal. I think Justin Merrim is very good at doing that. So I kind of like him more as a super sub. I think I like Jonathan Menendez with the start in this game. Menendez has been a little lackluster as of late. Don't get me wrong on that one. But I think that Menendez has fantastic potential in this league. And he showed sparks of that when he first started playing for Real Salt Lake, getting starts. I think that's something I want to see out of him in this game. And, um, you know, if, if Pablo really lets Menendez express himself like he says he will in this game, I think Menendez can really pay dividends and he's got a good chance to score a goal in this game. And so um, I, I would like to see Menendez getting the start. It's, it's probable that we see Everton, Luis, and Pablo Ruiz at the defensive midfield spots. Um, I am more fond of, of that combo right there than inserting Nick Beasler in the lineup for one of them. Um, Bees is always a good guy that you can bring in possibly late in games to kind of close out things defensively. But if Real Salt Lake are down in the second half in this one, I don't see that happening. And so I think it's going to be a, a defensive midfield tandem of Pablo Ruiz, Everton Louise. Obviously, probably Ru Rubio Rubin is going to be playing up top with Crylock as well. I don't really see Bobby Wood cracking the starting lineup quite yet just because of his form as of late and fitness. But it's possible he gets subbed in as always. Um, and then on the back line, you know, Aaron Herrera, Otto Sart, Justin Glad. I think, you know, he, he struggled at times throughout this year, but I still think he's a star. I think he's, you know, one of our top two best center backs. And now that we've got Marcelo Silva back, he and Glad work quite well together. And so I, I like Silva and Glad there. The left back spot is, you know, obviously still kind of up for grabs. Always has been with Real. I think Andrew Brody draws the start there again. Um... I'm not going to say that I prefer really anybody over him. Ashton Morgan and Donnie Toy have not shown enough this year to really replace Brody. And so I think Brody might be our best shot. But it's possible, like, like the last game we saw, you know, uh, Andrew Brody wasn't doing enough and gets subbed off early. It's possible that, you know, we see something similar where Andrew Brody isn't doing quite enough defensively and he comes out of the game. Maybe we change up the formation. That's always a possibility, but I think that the 4-4-2 in this game for Real Salt Lake is going to be their best option. Um, they've just looked so much more disciplined defensively with that formation. And so that's what I would like to see them do. Obviously, it's up to Pablo Mastroni and what he decides to implement. But I think that that's going to be the safer bet in this game, um, obviously, than the, than the five in the back. Now, I will say this about the five in the back formation for Real Salt Lake. It could be important to employ that when facing this specific Seattle Sounders team. Why? Well, here's why. I think that the Seattle Sounders are probably going to come out with their formation they've been rolling out as of late in most of the games. And that's a, a formation that's very similar to the likes of what Chelsea does over in the Premier League. If you've paid attention to Chelsea's formation that they, that they, uh, that they use in their games, they've got, it's kind of a, a five defender, five in the back sort of formation where the left wing backs and the right wing backs have a lot of freedom to get forward, get a lot of crosses and a lot of goal scoring opportunities. Now I'm not saying that Seattle is Chelsea by any means here, 
but they've got really good defenders like Nuhu Tolo, um, Yamar Gomez, and then uh, Xavier Ariaga. So they've got guys in the back that definitely can hold it down. And that gives opportunities for guys like Brad Smith and Alex Roldan to play in those left wing back, right wing back places and move forward um, with ease. And so those two guys, I think, honestly, like there's so much talent across the board for Seattle. But I think shutting Brad Smith and Alex Roldan down, down on the wings is going to be a key to an RSL victory in this game. And those guys are allowed to get forward and get crosses into the box and, and you know, get forward in the attack. It's not, it doesn't bode well for the other team's defense. And so I think that they've got a great chance to, um, to obviously play well in that game. RSL needs to focus on shutting, out, shutting down those wingback guys. Um, obviously, similar to Chelsea, Seattle plays with two midfielders that are kind of more defensive. Um, as of late, kind of has been Joao Paulo. I think he does get the start. And then Kellen Rowe has been starting as of late, but I think that it's possible we see, you know, a Danny Leva or a Josh Atencio in that same spot um, that can also perform a similar role. Um, but we'll see about that. Then in the attacking third, you've got two more attacking midfielders that kind of play sometimes more out on the wing. So they invert and they um, they invert sometimes with the, the defensive uh, wingbacks like Roldan and Smith. And so that's Lodero and Christian Roldan as of late. But you also can see a guy like Jordan Morris filling in that spot or Nicholas Benizet, um, who have been fantastic throughout this year. And so um, Seattle definitely have options in this game to throw at those those attacking midfield spots. Um, the In the last game that Seattle played, Freddie Montero spearheaded the attack, but I don't think they go through this game without letting Raul Ruiz Diaz have the first crack at Real Salt Lake. And so I think Rui Diaz gets that start at that striker position. It's also possible we see Freddie Montero sitting in one of these attacking midfield spots. Um, Lodero has been a, a staple in this team for for quite some time now, but, you know, I'm not sure if he's fit. I'm not sure if he's completely healthy. And if that question arises, and that's if that's the same question that Seattle has, he might not get the start. And it might be a guy like uh, Freddie Montero or Jordan Morris. I, I think that those guys... I could see starting in there. I think Christian Roldan maintains his spot. He's been getting calls up to the U.S. men's national team. And so um, obviously no question for that spot for him there. But um, it, it'd be interesting to see if Real Salt Lake also goes with a five in the back formation just to kind of match and combat this similar formation from Seattle. Um, obviously the big differences for Real Salt Lake is that we imply two strikers, two true strikers in Krylock and Rubin. Um, one attacking midfielder with Albert Rusnak and the defensive midfielders kind of stay for same, like for like, and match it up. Um, you know, it's, 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 it'd be interesting to see if that ends up happening. Um, the fact that they would have two attacking midfielders, we would have two defensive midfielders. They have two defensive midfielders. We have two strikers. It's the formation on paper matches up really well in that sense. But um, again, I, I still think that we need to stick to what we do best, like Pablo always says. And I think that that's going to be implying that or using that 4-4-2 that formation um, where Albert's kind of more out on the left. And so, and I, I think that's going to be something that's more effective at the end of the day. Um, that's how we've had defensive success. And that's what we need to do in this game to shut down the Sounders. So, um, you know, that's really all the analysis that I can conjure up for the time being. Um, I might end up doing what I had asked to Pablo and just thinking about this game too much, overthinking it and just 
going crazy. And obviously we'll never know until the starting lineups come out. But um, you know what? On Tuesday, um, November 23rd is when it is. I believe it's at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch this massive game between Real Salt Lake and Seattle Sounders. It's going to be a really big game, really fun game, exciting. Hopefully Real Salt Lake comes out with the win. Um, obviously, I mean, our expectations are incredibly high for the team, but we're the underdogs. We've got nothing to lose. So I'm hoping that we get a win in that game. Um, that's really all for for everything Real Salt Lake throughout this week. Um, those are just kind of my thoughts on the game. Um, obviously, I'll be watching. I hope you guys will all be watching the game from home as well. If Maybe if you're not watching from home, you might be at the game. If you're at the game, let me know. I think that'd be awesome to see you guys there at the game supporting the team. But um, anyways, to kind of close out this episode, I'm trying to think. I'm really, I don't know if I forget anything. I always ask Alex, and that's his job to help remind me if I've forgotten anything. But no Alex today. We'll have to just move on and if we miss anything, I'll bring it to you guys next week. Make sure to hit me up on Twitter at Ethan Kershaw nine. Um, ask me any questions you guys want for any of the players, uh, for the head coach, Pablo, um, anything you guys need, you know, we're, Alex and I are really here for you guys. And we really want to reflect uh, your guys's opinion um, into the team basically. And so just, just let us know if you guys have any questions, anything you want us to ask, um, anything you guys need from us, just let us know, hit us up on Twitter. You can find Alex at Alex Mauer as well. And make sure to find The Hive Sports at The Hive Sports on Twitter. Make sure to follow The Hive Sports. They've got a lot of sports content for all things in Utah. Not just Real Salt Lake, but I, I do have to say I, I prefer the Real Salt Lake podcast, obviously because I'm on it. But, you know, fun stuff here, fun stuff talking about this team. There's never really a dull moment. So thank you guys all for tuning in today. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and even a better Tuesday. And until then... Alex and I will be talking to you all later next week, hopefully with some good news. Talk to you all later. See ya. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.